Yeah. Um, Andrew Peterson. Andrew Peterson. He he does a lot of good stuff. Uh, he does a lot of writing too, and um, has some books and stuff. So, um, really really powerful song. You know, I, I think uh, oftentimes we we talk about Jesus uh, coming to Earth during Christmas time, and um, which is obviously a wonderful thing. But we sometimes leave out the fact that why he came to Earth. And he came to die and uh, to die for our sins. Amen. Uh, so, again, thank you all for being here. It's a, it's a blessing this morning. Um, let me preface this morning by saying if you if you have been coming, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Um, but, but there is a, a, a kind of a gap. And um, from the last time, as as I told you, the last time that we weren't be that we were we were not going to be doing everything in First John. Um, a lot of it is, is repetitive. Say a lot. There's a good bit that's repetitive in First John, uh, and y'all probably have enough of of me uh, preaching on it one Sunday, uh, much less uh, continuing with that. But he, he does talk about being you know love and action, um, you know, a lot in in from the last time. Uh, we are together, and so you can see uh, that you can already see on the on the uh, screen uh, where we're going. But I wanted to take a, a moment, and I really—I'll be honest—I did this for Mr. Tommy, and he's not here. Okay, um, Candace and Jamie had to had to go um, uh, to you know I think they had to go to Alabama today, um, and so and it's been really difficult for Mr. Tommy um, here recently. But uh, I, I thought he would just love my bad jokes. So so maybe Mr. Steve or Anson will—I don't know somebody. Maybe Mr. Rick—I don't know. Um, but I just had a few. I'm only going to do a few, I promise, okay? But bad, bad uh, exam jokes uh, for teachers and students. So, uh, for example, um, what, what exams do vampire teachers um, set? Um, blood test? Okay. Or uh, what sort of exam do witches do? Spelling test? Yes, come on. Thumbs up if they're okay for the, the dads in the house. Um, um, you know, why does your geography exam have a big zero over it? Um, said the mom, uh, the parent, the, the kid said, it's not a zero. The teacher ran out of stars. So she gave me a moon instead. So, all right. I mean, that's a good one. You know, uh, Riley don't use that one in the, in the future. Um, and then uh, I said, why did the student only answer questions one, three, five, and seven on the exam? Because they literally can't even, that's a, that's a, a new way, a new kid's way of talking. They literally just can't even Kaylee's even smiling on that one. And then the last one, what nation do most people hate? Examination. All right, um, so, but but anyway, speaking of tests, uh, this is where we're going with those terrible, terrible jokes this morning. Amen. Where's Jimmy when I need him? Um, but John tells believers and, uh, to, and again, Mr. Loris, I'm going to keep my Baptist preaching card for another week as we have words to start with the letter G. Okay, so uh, John tells believers to gauge. The spirits of truth and error. That'll be the first point. The spirit of truth confesses the gospel. All right, that's the second point. And then the third point is greater than the spirit of error. And then the fourth, uh, and those who know God give gives heed to it. Okay. And I, I meant to ask my mom if that was the right grammar on that last part. So I guess I can ask Miss Donna. And if it's not, just overlook it today. So I said, say give or gives. Is it right? Give. Those give. Okay. I did teach English. So so I'm going to use that, that English license to say, this is going to have to work today. All right? I'm just playing. But anyway. Um, and so let's go ahead and go to gauge, gauge the spirits. You can just change that in your mind to give, okay, for the rest of the time. I apologize. But get, gauge the spirits. So First John chapter 4, verse 1. Okay? Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, 
but test the spirits to see if they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, in 2013, Christian rapper Shay Lin, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Shay Lin, he's a Christian rapper. The thing about Shay Lin is his lyrics are amazing, like they're full of scripture okay, a lot of times. And, and he, he stirred up a, quite a controversy with his song, False Teachers. It's a critique of the prosperity gospel. Uh, and in it, he does the unacceptable, unacceptable in our very hyper-tolerant, non-critical day because he actually names names in the song. Um, uh, Shea particularly calls on Christians outside of America not to be deceived by, the, by these, quote, wolves in sheep's clothing um, who export their heresies around the world. He says just one part of it. He says, don't be deceived by this funny biz. If you come to Jesus for money, then he's not your God. Money is. Jesus is not a means to an end. The gospel is. He came to redeem us from sin, and that is the message forever I yell. If you're living your best life now, you're heading, you're heading for hell. Turn off TBN. That channel is overrated. The pastors speak bogus statements, financially motivated. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme. Visualize heretics Christianizing the American dream. It's foul and deceitful. They're lying to people, teaching that camel squeeze through the eye of a needle. There's a lot of stuff there lyrically, but there's some truth there as well. You've heard me uh, talk about the prosperity gospel uh, from this pulpit before. Some pretty powerful words, but uh, I want to get back to, uh, it goes with what we're, where we're going here. But um, if you look at, the, again, the first words there, we mentioned this before. This is um, a couple times in First John that John has done this, um, that he addresses the readers as dear friends. You know, uh, dear, dear children, even in, in some uh, translations, uh, beloved in other translations, and it's obvious that he cares about his readers. We, we've said that before. He loves them, and he once again starts it that way. But I think perhaps, maybe in this particular situation, that he does this because what he's about to share is something extremely important. And I, so I kind of look at it as, uh, as this: listen, beloved, dear friends, you know. Uh, dear children, listen, I have something very serious to share with you right here. And and this is a very serious topic. Uh, at the end of verse 1, we see why this is important. Right? Quote, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And it's no different these days. See, we, we must get this right, okay? So when I was at Valdosta State University in my senior year, I was in, uh, an education major, and there was a professor named Dr. Hummel. I don't know if he's still there, still alive. I have no idea. Uh, he taught um, they, what everybody in education majors said was the hardest class, educational psychology. Okay? Now, I actually kind of liked it, but he was a really hard teacher. Every test was essay. It was just extremely, extremely difficult. So whenever uh, he told me after a class, um, you know, about just a few days before this, the final exam, which they said was a doozy, uh, a doozy upon doozy. They're like, you know, everybody was afraid of it. Um, he called me into his office and he says, um, uh, Mr. Murphy, um, it's good to have you as a class. Um, I won't be seeing you anymore. Okay, you can, yeah, you, you're, you're done. You do not have to come back um, for, the, for the final exam. I was like, wait, are you, are you serious? He said, yes, sir, you, you, have, you have a very high A, and you're exempt from uh, the exam. You don't have to come. You will be having an A. I was like, woohoo! It's all about praising the Lord. Uh, uh, but um, I was exempt, okay? And I'm sure some of y'all have experienced that before, being exempt from exams. Oh, I don't have to take it. I still, I'm, I'm still going to pass. Um, uh, you know, here, here's the deal. There's no exemptions on this test that we're talking about today, and, and there are no curves either for those who know about curves. 
See, uh, we, we are told by John very quickly that we should not believe every spirit. Elsewhere in 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, don't stifle the spirit, don't despise prophecies, verse 21, but test all things. Test all things. Uh, hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. John Stott, the, the, the great theologian, said unbelief, unbelief, which is not believing every spirit, can be as much a mark of spiritual maturity as belief. He goes on to say, we should avoid both extremes, the superstition which believes everything and the, and the suspicion which believes nothing. So be very, very careful. But how do we do that without looking judgmental, especially in a very uh, non-critical age? Okay? And, and, you know, oh, you know, and, and let's tolerate everything. We'll talk about that in a moment. All right. Um, how, how do we do that without looking judgmental? So my, my little thing here I have here, and it's not on the screen, but what I have is judgmental versus discernment. See, in, in today's age of tolerance, we must have extreme discernment. And I'm sure I can preach a whole sermon here about, our, about how our world tolerates and accepts things that are not to be tolerated and accepted. Amen? Or oh me, right? Uh, we, I could do that, okay? Uh, that we tolerate things that, you know, we, 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 we've changed science in our world today, okay? I don't know why it's so hard to look at an animal and know what's a boy or a girl, okay? Now, I'm not going to, you, know, you know, go into much detail there. I think everybody gets the point, okay? But for some reason, our world is not that way. And again, I could, I could riff off that for a while, uh, but, but I think we know it, okay, in an age of tolerance. So, but the idea, the thought here is, um, you know, how do, we, how do we do this without being judgmental? That's a whole other question, by the way. And I don't know that I have the answer. I think that, that we still should be kind and loving, but we still should stand up for the truth. I don't know how else to say it. Amen. But, um, but being judgmental, listen, being judgmental is not the same as being discerning. There's a difference. There's a difference. So uh, being judgmental is whenever we place ourselves above others and stand in judgment over them without looking at our own self in the mirror. Matthew 7, 1, uh, Jesus says, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. But on the other hand, John 7, 24, Stop judging according to outward appearances. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment. So there's, a, there's actually a command there to, you know, that's about discernment. See, discernment is about using our judgment to decide what we think about what a person is saying. Hey, what are they saying? Uh, don't you know people who are either um, naive or just uh, maybe they just give trust to people way too way too quickly? Right, one of those two, you know, uh, um, they just believe everything. Hey, they can come up to you. They have the new. Have you heard the newest thing? You know, and gosh, and that lotion you can put it on you. It'll clear up all everything. What? You know, like you know, it's like what are you talking about? See, we we are told here to have discernment. Okay, we should be careful. We we should be wary. And listen, and I'm, I'm, you know, Anson, Kaylee, uh, us as well, some of the younger uh, parents, I mean, having younger kids, I should say that way. Uh, um, we, we, need to, we need to do that with our kids too. You know, we, we, we need to be careful who, we, who they hang out with, you know. And, and you guys, y'all can still have, uh, you know, some, some influence there on, on, yours, uh, on your kids, your grandkids, whoever, um, who, they, who they have sleepovers with. You know, we, our kids just don't go to have sleepovers with anybody. I know. Okay, uh, it's a scary world, even in Hamlin County. Okay, it's a scary world. See, we should be vigilant. All right? Speaking of parents here, we should know where they are. You know, uh, we'll probably be getting that app eventually. All right, we know where our kid is all the time. <laughs> you know, um, I know where she is, by the way, today. She's at church. Okay, by the way, all right, she's at Burnham uh, with, with some of her youth friends there over there for youth group. But be vigilant. Okay, use the app, check their stuff. All right, they are under our care. 
uh, and forgive me for that little bit of a dirt road moment, but I do think it goes with it. But again, we are encouraged to test the spirits. Now, what are they? What are they? What are the two spirits that John refers to here? Uh, is spirit of truth and spirit of error. Pretty, pretty simple, which I told you last week I'm glad of because I'm a simple guy. I'm glad it didn't make it really hard here. But we'll get into more detail as we continue this morning about, um, about these things. But the spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit the third part of the Trinity. The spirit of error is the spirit of the Antichrist. So, so be careful because some who claim to speak in the name of Jesus are deceivers and have the spirit of error. Okay? Uh, after all, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, does he not? Okay? Uh, we can see that reference in 2 Corinthians right there in eleven fourteen. Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. See, the spirit of error is just what the word error means. It's a mistake. It's false. It's a lie, and false prophets have spoken by this demonic influence of, uh, through the spirit of error. There's, if you look back in Jeremiah, uh, uh, trying to, for the sake of time this morning, I won't go uh, all the way back and read all of it, but Jeremiah 28, you had a man named Hananiah, who was a false prophet. He was saying, hey, look, you know, everything's going to be just fine, y'all. We're not really, you know, you, the Israelites, we're not really going to be going, going to Babylon very long. Two years. Okay? Y'all, y'all be back, you know. They're going to, we're going to break the yoke of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. Man, it's going to be just fine, you know. That was a false prophet. That was a false, that, that was not the truth. In fact, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be there 70 years, actually. Um, but Jeremiah, I do want to show you um, Jeremiah 29, 8, 9, uh, which, by the way, if you want to look back, um, you know, later today, Jeremiah 28 is that story, okay? And then the next chapter, uh, chapter 29, verses 8 and 9, it's uh, Jeremiah wrote a letter to the exiles, and this part is in there. He says, For this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says, Don't let your prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you, and don't listen Listen to the dreams you elicit from them, for you, they are prophesying falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them. This is the Lord's declaration. That happened way on back then. You don't think it happens now, right? So be very, very careful. We shouldn't be so quick to believe things. First uh, Thessalonians 5.21, again, Paul says, but test all things. Hold on to what, you get, what is good. Just another example of that. Even in Revelation, all the way to the back of the book, you, you, um, you know, Ephesus the church in Ephesus definitely, you know, they, they did, they, they abandoned their first love. You can read that there, but they are actually commended for something, all right? It says, I know your work, your labor, and your endurance, that you cannot tolerate evil people. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. You have found them to be liars. They are actually commended for that. Uh, may we also be commended for the same. And, and again, if, if it were just a few false prophets, maybe that would be easy to spot them out, to sniff them out. But John says that there are many, okay? There are many. And then he also says the same thing in, in chapter 2, 1 John 2, 18. says, Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, uh, and as you have heard the Antichrist has come, and even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that this is, that is the last hour. Matthew 24, verse 5, Jesus says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. Peter says something very similar in 2 Peter 2.1. They were indeed false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, and will bring swift destruction on themselves. So we must be vigilant and take the test. We can't sit this one out, Brother Andy. All right? We don't get an exemption. Okay? We, we, we're not exempt. There's not a curve. We are called as believers to test and gauge the spirits. And that includes myself. And pray for me. I obviously, pray for your pastor. But pray for me as well. I'll, speak, I'll preach the truth. I'm just a man. Okay? All right? So pray for me as well in that and test the spirits. 
And then uh, so we are called as believers to do just that, to test or to gauge the spirits. And now we'll look at these uh, these two different spirits I referred to earlier today. And so, again, the central statement is up there, uh, but we uh, was up there. But now we'll go to point two. The spirit of truth confesses the gospel. Let's go to the next two verses in First John chapter 4. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now it is already in the world. Okay? The, uh, you know, I'm sure most of y'all know this, but uh, federal agents don't learn to spot counterfeit money by studying counterfeits. What do they use? They use the real thing, right? Uh, they, they study genuine bills until they master the look of the real thing. Then when they see the bogus money, they recognize it. Well, that's a sermon right there that y'all can probably figure out on your own. But, what, but what's, the, what's the litmus test of gauging spirits look like? See, according to early tradition, according to this time uh, when John was writing, and we mentioned this already a little bit, but kept to go, go back into it some, uh, a heresy was circulating uh, that distinguished between Jesus, a man, and Christ, a supernatural being. But proponents of this taught that, that Christ descended on Jesus at his baptism and departed at the crucifixion. Well, that, 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 that's not the case. See, in response to this idea, John says, no, <laughs> no, cat, no, Jesus is the Christ and Jesus came in the flesh. Okay, so the spirit of truth, all right, what, what does it say? The spirit of truth, this is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, all right? See, the, the, the spirit of truth is, is, going to, uh, is going to confess the gospel, the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. What, what is the gospel? It's Jesus Christ left his throne in heaven, left his home in heaven, right? He came to a wretched, sinful, broken, messed up, was it tore up from the floor up world, right? Lived the life we couldn't live, the perfect life, without sin, died the death that we deserve to die, Amen. In our place. That's the gospel. In our place. And then didn't stay in the grave. Arose from the grave. Hallelujah. Amen. And is now seated at the right hand of God. Anything more or less than that is a lie. Okay? Now, uh, in fact, I want I um, to to go um, a, a little bit into Romans chapter 10. Okay? Here in just a moment, Miss Miss Rhonda. Uh, before I do that, this is not on the screen. Before I do, I want to refer. I want to uh, refer you to First Timothy, chapter one. And again, it's not on the screen. But if you want to write it down, First Timothy chapter one, verses twelve uh, through seventeen. I'm not going to read all of it, but I do want to read starting in verse fourteen. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Listen, to this part here. The the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. I love that. You know, I'm not going to read the rest of it there, although it's very powerful. I encourage you to do so. But this is what I know. Christ came to the world to save sinners. And I'm the worst. And I, I, I definitely don't deserve it. Amen. That's grace. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 8 through 10 says, On the contrary, what does it say? Does the message is near you in your mouth and your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. Listen, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
One believes with a heart resorting in righteousness, and one confesses with a mouth resorting in salvation. And it grips your heart, and you realize that it should have been you. Should have been, it should have been you. should have been I on a cross, but Jesus died in my place. And, and we resolve, I'm going to live the rest of my life for that. It's not like a one time, you know, just a repeating of something without your heart and without meaning it. Okay? And then 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Therefore I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's got to do some work there in your heart. Okay? And then, so we have the Spirit of truth. It confesses the gospel. The Spirit of error doesn't. I, I don't need to go in great detail there, but Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Muslims, etc., they do not believe that Jesus is really God. Listen, they may be really nice people, Okay? Very kind, do some very good things, but don't let their beliefs influence your beliefs. First John 2, verse 22 says, Who is a liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is a Christ? They're still a liar. They may look nice, may say nice things, and they're a liar. All right, the one, this one is the answer of Christ, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Second Thessalonians 2, 3-7. through 7. This is a little bit longer passage here, but stay with me. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come, come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this, and you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work but the one now restraining will do so until he's out of the way. Uh, there's bigger ones coming, basically. Listen, just like uh, just like a test in school, right? We, we, we refer to it other. I did some awesome jokes earlier, right, Anson? Amen. Okay, all right. Uh, but in all serious, seriousness, um, just like there's a test in school, which, pause, i got to say this real quick. I was just covering um, uh, the old the old uh, court case, Engel versus Vitale. You know that removed prayer in school back in 1962. You know, and I'm just—I told my students, I said, "Yeah, I get it." You know, but really, they—they they can't stop prayer as long as we keep giving tests. Y'all gonna be praying, but I said, "Yeah, but um, amen, amen, wrote me." But um, you know, uh, just like a test in school, where you better know the material being tested, we must test the spirits. But in order to do so, you better know what you believe. We got to know what we believe. See. See, do you believe that Jesus was man and God? 100% man, 100% God. It blows your mind, but it's the truth. Uh, that, that he died on a cross right, for you and that he arose from the grave. Do you believe that? See, because Satan's a liar and he will do whatever he can to bring down Christians and to trick people from following Christ. He is at war with humanity. Look, I don't care how eloquent the speaker, I don't care how nice they look, how funny they are, Whole, probably a whole lot funnier than I am, all right? Uh, how engaging their talks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If, if he or she does not confess the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is not the truth, okay? It's not, all right? Don't be deceived. Walk out the building, turn off the TV, delete the podcast, okay? Period, all right? Because the spirit of truth confesses the gospel. But that's not all. The spirit of truth is greater than the spirit of error. Amen? Oh, it's greater. All right, let's get to that. The next one, and again, Miss Rhonda does a great job. If you, uh, the, the central statement is up there. I like to have that. It's just kind of, if you don't do anything else, you can get that, and uh, it's good enough. Right, number three, spirit of truth is greater. This point happens to be a result of having the Holy Spirit. If, you, if we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have the Holy Spirit. And while Satan uh, might be able to do a lot of things, he can't beat God Almighty. 
All right, amen? Okay, uh, and so whenever you may be tempted or you're going through a hard time, remember this, 1 John 4, verse 4, which we will actually do on the last the last week here, uh, 1 John in a couple weeks. Um, says this, You are from God, little children, You have and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is what? Greater than the one who is in the world. Greater. Okay. We Again, we will actually end our, our study by looking at that verse, but very, very powerful words. The, the one greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. All right? Paul tells the church in Rome, in, Ro- in Romans 8.31, What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Okay. Amen. Satan's time's coming, and he knows it. Right. He's just trying to carry more and more people with him to the pit of hell. Right. John 12, 31 says, Now is the judgment of the world. Now the rule of this world will be cast out. It's coming. Something else that is encouraging about this verse is, is the fact that the tense of the verb for conquered is perfect tense. And my English teachers will appreciate that. Right, Miss Donna? It, it, it's, this means that the victory is decisive and continuing. Okay? It, it, it's already happened. It's happening. And it's going to happen again. Amen. The spirit of truth is greater than the spirit of error. It's no contest. It's no contest. And those who know this to be the case are those who know God, which, again, I know that was my uneven essay there, my uneven point there, but that's okay. I only have till 1 o'clock. I had to do it one more time. All right? Sorry, I can't help myself, Mr. Andy. All right. I get to go to a 1 o'clock. It's just an ongoing joke here. All right? Uh, but John tells, or 12, I'm not really sure anymore. But John tells believers again to gauge the spirits of truth and error the spirit of truth confesses the gospel is greater than the spirit of error, and those who know God give heed to it. First John four five and six, they are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. To give heed, that simply that simply means. Uh, it's another way of saying to listen to, give attention to. So this last point is more about confirmation. So either either one believes the gospel or does not. You either believe it or you don't. If you do, you will be drawn uh, to the Spirit and you'll listen to Him. And, 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 and does that mean we're perfect? Oh, far from it. All right, You know how I am. Okay, I, I'm, I'm sinful, mess up all the time. I just mess up, I sin all the time. I ask God for forgiveness. Here, here's, here's the deal, though. It, it, um, when, you, when you sin and you have that drawing back, to, I, need to, I need to confess that. I need to say, God, forgive me for that. I shouldn't have done that. That's a good sign. Okay? That's a good sign. Right? Because you know, otherwise, you, know, you wouldn't care. And you just keep, keep right on. See, either one believes the gospel, again, or one does not. And uh, if not, I said, again, if you do, you will be drawn to the Spirit. If not, you won't. Instead, you will listen to the Spirit of error. The Spirit of truth. Why, why do believers listen to the Spirit of truth? Because He's from God. John 3, verse 31 says, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. Jesus Himself confirms this while being questioned by Pilate. Okay? Right before He was uh, crucified. Pilate, a little bit confused. You, know, you are a king then? Pilate asked. And, uh, you say that I'm a king. Jesus replied, I was born for this. <laughs> I was born for this moment. And I have come into the world for this to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Yes, I am he. And everyone who is of the truth listens 
to my voice. Who is this Spirit of Truth exactly? Again, as I mentioned earlier, it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, third part of the Trinity. Right? Sometimes the forgotten part of the Trinity, it feels like. But John 14, 16 through 17, may that not be the case. But it says, And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and He will give you another counselor. This is another word for the Holy Spirit. Okay, to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of Truth. The world is unable to receive Him because it doesn't see Him or know Him. But you do know Him because He remains with you and will be in you. Then John 15, verse 26, the next chapter, When the Counselor comes, the one I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about me. See, we can, we can know Him. Okay? Uh, we can know the Holy Spirit. We have Him uh, as we accept Jesus as our Savior. Um, live for Him. 1 Corinthians 2, 12-16, another kind of a lengthy passage, but y'all know I've said it many times. That the Bible preaches a whole lot better than I ever will. So I like to refer to it a lot. It says, Now now we we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. For, he's, for he is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything, yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. The spirit of error. Unfortunately, there are those and will be those people who simply just won't believe. This is going to happen. First Timothy 4.1 says, Now the spirit explicitly says that in later times some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. They will depart from the faith. That's a sad verse. They will give heed to their wrong spirits, spirits that are deceitful, and they will believe that over the gospel. What a shame. Now, again, we think we see some of that already, right? See, Paul Paul also tells us that they are that they, these same people will resist sound doctrine. Right? 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that, but the person without the spirit does not receive what comes from God's spirit because it is foolish to him. He is not able to understand it since it's evaluated spiritually. They won't understand it. It won't make sense. But thanks be to God that for us believers, it is a power of God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the word of the cross, I love this verse, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved, you know, who, who have been saved, who are continuing to be saved, who will be saved. Right? John tells believers to, to gauge the spirit of truth and error. The spirit of truth confesses the gospel. It's greater than the spirit of error, and those who know God will give heed to it. See, there's, as we wrap up today and uh, uh, we'll ask Mr. Loris and Sally to kind of make their way up. There, There is a test. And again, I, although I was happy, whew, I was thrilled that day when Dr. Hummel says I didn't have to take that test, y'all. All right. But there is a test coming. And it's ongoing. So may we be vigilant. Okay. May we be vigilant. May, may we know know what we know. All right. And, and without preaching a whole other sermon, how do we do that? Well, we, we have to get into His Word. We have to pray. We have to read the Bible. Okay, there's all sorts of, of, of things that will help you with that, help lead you. If you need any help, I'll be glad to, to do that with you. Uh, know what you know. Okay? Don't be gullible and accept everything. Okay? Gaze the spirits. True teaching will confess the gospel. It'll confess the true gospel. It won't be, it, they won't take anything out of it to make it sound a certain way. They're not going to add anything to it. Okay? It'll be the gospel that you know. And be encouraged, be encouraged this morning that He, that God is greater, the Spirit of truth is greater than the Spirit of error. Greater is you, is He that is in you than He is in the world. And continue giving heed to the Holy Spirit in your life moment to moment.
as we live in our lives to try to please our Lord and Savior. Amen. And one more thing. No matter how tough it gets, John 16, verse 33, I want you to be encouraged today. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Sally already talked about that with her friend and Sheree, and and we we all are very aware of this, right? Be courageous. What? I have conquered the world. I have overcome the world. Uh, Is your faith in Jesus Christ? My hope is it is. And um, because uh, 1 John 5, verse 4, by the way, that's not on the screen, the second part says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith, not our faith in in our team doing something good this week. Which you know, I, I mean, mine. Who never, who knows if they ever do anything good? You know, they can't sustain it. But or uh, our faith in this or that, in some whim or whatever, or our own ability. You know, our faith in Jesus Christ. We're gonna look at that in a couple of weeks. Okay, our faith in Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And so, if you don't know Jesus, I ask that you will come speak to me today. And um, be be glad to do that. And so we. Um, you ask if, if have you and just ask that now have, have you ever placed your faith in what Jesus did on the cross all those many years ago that's counting for you in your place if you have not I ask you to do that this morning I have Miss Sally lead us in a